Hello and happy Wednesday to you. Welcome to Mavsplained, where every single day we're breaking down a question, event, news, or trend. My name is Bobby Corella. I'm from Mavs Digital. Joining me today is a very familiar voice in this podcast. It's been a minute since you've been on here. It's Isaac Harris. What's up, Isaac? What's up, Bobby? Man, we are, uh, it feels like every other day we're getting some new piece of information that's trickling down to us about a potential NBA uh, reboot or uh, start again type of thing. And uh, you can't help as a fan of basketball to be a little bit excited right now. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So if you have not listened to the episode from yesterday, uh, yesterday, that was Tuesday, Becca and I uh, talked about the NBA memo that was sent out over the weekend or the statement, whatever you want to call it, kind of saying that, yes, we're going to return to play late July, every team, single site, Disney World in Orlando, um, and we're just going to duke it out. Now, there were no specifics as far as how the return to play will actually happen. Uh, that will be decided out over the next week or two, uh, depending on who you ask, as far as like when teams can have training camp. Uh, but most importantly, as it pertains to this episode, uh, what the playoff format is going to look like. And so yesterday, Becca and I talked about some of the things that we prefer. Uh, but since then, there was a little bit of Mavs-related national news that came out. So uh, Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban was talking to Tim McMahon from ESPN. He's based in Dallas, a big-time Mavs reporter. And uh, Mark basically shared his proposal for what he wants the NBA to do whenever they return to action. And so basically, I, I think it's important that I, I'm going to read some of the details real quick, but it's important to f- listen to it under the idea that he's trying to protect the Mavs's best interest, right? <laughs> he's like the owner of the Mavs, so I, it stands to reason that he's going to want what's best for his team. And so that is why I I think that that kind of shapes the way that I view this thing. So he believes that all 30 teams must play. He thinks every team must play between five to seven games, however they, however it works out, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever makes the math work. And then the top 10 teams from each conference. So you have the first 10 from the West, the first 10 from the East would make the playoffs. That'd be a 20 team playoffs. They'd be reseeded based on record. So you'd have West teams intermixed with East teams. It wouldn't be like 1 through 10 and 1 through 10. It would be 1 through 20, all teams from both conferences. And then the bottom four teams, 17 and 20 and 18 and 19, would play like a best of three series or a single game series. And the two winners of that series, of those two series, would then play the 15th and 16th teams from the 1 through 16 overall seeding in another play-in to get us down to 16 teams. And so where the Mavs come into play in that scenario is right now, the Mavs are the number seven seed in the West. They're the number 13 seed overall. Now they have a significantly better record, Isaac, than eighth place Memphis. They have a significantly better record, Isaac, than seventh place Brooklyn in the East. And so it makes sense that Mark is saying, if there's gonna be a play-in, it shouldn't have to be seven versus 10. That would mean the Mavs versus the Pelicans. Dallas is 40 and 27. New Orleans is 28 and 36. So that was the first thing that jumped out to me at all, about all this. But um, And then from there, 1 through 16 would play as normal uh, best of seven series to, to determine a winner. So, Isaac, I'm sure you've read the article. You have a better understanding than what I just explained to you. The article's online. If you want to read more about it, go check it out right now. Uh, but, Isaac, just your, your snap reaction to this specific idea and nothing else. 
Yeah, snap reaction when I just saw the title, and this is a uh, a good lesson for us all. Don't just see a title; you read actually read the read the article, read the read the story. And because I saw Mark Cuban in favor of play attorney, and in my mind, I'm like, dang, why would he be in favor of this? Because if there's one fan base that is against the you know, four team play in tournament on both sides of like seven, 10 versus, you know, in eight and nine, it's the Dallas Mavericks. Cause like you said, we're at 40 wins, the Pelicans in 10th play the 28 win. I mean, it's a 12 win difference right there. Why should the Mavericks have to play a play in game to where if it's a, you, you win, you move on to where the Mavericks lost one game to a, to a Pelicans team who is, you know, pretty frisky team, especially towards the end of the you know season, I guess we want to say before play stop you know, everybody, anybody can be anybody one time. So if the Mavericks lost that one game, then it's like, all right, well now we're done. And so that's kind of, I, I went, I was never in favor of that. So to actually read the story and see Cubans um, kind of perspective on it of, all right, you're basically doing the play in tournament for the, the two eight seeds for the most part. But the, the, the hidden thing in that article was Cubans in favor of reseeding in this in this scenario of hey the one through sixteen by by records basically and kind of doing away with the conferences that's been a, a huge talking point for a, a lot of people a lot of people that's been reporting on this is that's on the table for a lot of these GMs right now that they're discussing is this one through sixteen hey listen you don't have to worry about travel at this point you know the Lakers had to play the you know the Brooklyn Nets then there is no cross country travel you're in the same spot so you could. If you're going to pull it off, you could pull it off now. So for me personally, I'm just not in favor of a play-in type of th- tournament, Any anything, playoffs plus anything. For me, I kind of lean towards kind of like a participation, like we're going down the Little League participation route to where, all right, now we're just going to include more teams in this thing. Like we cut it off at eight, and it's like being a part of that eight you know those eight teams to make the playoffs I think that's something you fight for and then there's all these other teams I for me I just kind of personally view it as the more we open this up for teams to be in the playoffs then we're kind of handing out participation ribbons at this point like all right now we're just what six teams total they're not making the the playoffs at this point so that's just where I stand I'm just anti-playing tournament I think it's important whenever we look at Cuban specific proposal though is that I'm with you. I'm not a big fan of play-ins in general. Uh, even like the extra games in March Madness, just keep it to 64. Like, wh- yeah. what are we doing here? But um, I-, I think that the important aspect of Cuban's proposal is that it incentivizes all the other teams, with the exception of two, Minnesota and Golden State, to actually come back and play. It's very mm-hmm. important financially for the NBA, of course, but also just like for their fan base. I mean, like. Like, the Hawks aren't in the playoffs right now, but their fans deserve to see some basketball. You know, why not? Um, But with Cuban's proposal, because teams are going to be playing between five and seven games, again, I'm not sure exactly how they're going to figure that out. Um, It it could be, like, the Mavs have played 67 games, so maybe they only play five, whereas a team like Utah has played 64 games, so maybe they play seven or maybe they play eight, just so everyone plays the same amount. Yeah. you're giving all. You're giving 28 of the 30 teams, so almost all the teams in the league, the chance to make the playoffs. And so that's giving those 28 teams, especially like the eight to 10 teams that are way on the outside. Like right now, the Suns and the Spurs don't really have a chance. They'd have to climb over four or five teams to get into the playoffs. But if you only had to climb over two teams and you had five games to do it, 
then maybe you'd have something to play for, and that would be good TV for every, every team. But I'm with you. I, I, I like preserving the sanctity and the integrity of 16 teams. Um, however, I mean, if well, we're well, going to do it, the, like the, sorry, the financial ahead. aspect of it, that there's so many angles of this whole thing of bringing the NBA back from player side and owner side and just local TV network side and just everything with that, that, you know, there's this, uh, this number that, you know, a lot of teams have to hit this 70 game mark, a 72 game mark to get this money from these local TV, you know, networks. So I, I get the whole money side for sure. And that's the whole reason that Cuban talks about in this, in this ESPN piece of, Hey, like this is how we can, you know, the best financial route is to bring all 30 teams play these five to seven regular season games. But even he and that you know, McMahon put in, puts in this piece that even Cuban acknowledged, he said it would be really hard to schedule those games because in my mind, I'm I'm like the Zach Galifianakis meme that's trying to like the equations that's going off in my head. Like, how do they how do they make one team play three games to get to 70 another team play, you know, six games to get to 70, but then they're like playing each other. And then what, how does that? So I don't know how that they would figure that out, but it would be, yeah, it would be wild of them playing. And then you just get into the whole, like, are we going to tune in to see, you know, Damian Lee play Malik Monk, you know, the Warriors and Hornets. Is that, you know, players like Damian Lillard who came out and told Chris Haynes today of Yahoo that, or yesterday of like, Hey, like I, I if I'm not going there to play for a chance of the playoffs, then I, I don't know. Like I'm going to be on the bench. So it's like, will these players come? Will Steph Curry come to Disney? You know, if it's, if they're going to play four games, probably try to lose all four games to be honest. And you know, and then all the risk factors in, in that case too. So I, I don't know how they, Pulling off 30 teams down there is going to be a, a feat for sure. It's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. But and, and that's, you know, going back to Cuban's proposal, opening it up to 20 teams gives Damian Lillard a reason to play. Because even though, yeah. you know, through the first 66 games of the year, Portland did not do enough to earn a playoff spot. Right now they're three and a half games behind eighth-seeded Memphis um, and ten and a half games behind seventh-seeded Dallas, which – means the Mavs shouldn't really have to play in a playing game, if you ask me. But uh, it gives them a chance. You know, it gives them a puncher's chance. Now, they would have to, like, win all of their games. And so I don't know if it's a – where it would get really weird is, like, if you are eliminated from playoff contention, do you still have to play the next games? I mean, that's where it mm -hmm. gets, like – you'd have to get pretty creative. So I, I'm, I'm not sure that logistically they'd even be able to pull it off. But I don't mind the idea of trying to get all 30 teams to play because I think it's important – to local markets and to the teams themselves to play. But I, I understand, you know, um, I understand the, why they wouldn't want to, why the players wouldn't want to. And I could see, I could see as a, a the league as a whole too, wanting every fan base kind of embracing this Disney bubble thing of if you do bring, even though I, I, I guess if I want to say anti, even though I'm anti, I guess bringing all 30 teams, um, there is something unifying, I think, that where if you did bring all 30 teams there, all 30 fan bases would be talking about it. All 30 fan bases would care to some degree, even though uh, some of those teams at the bottom would probably be putting out a G League-type roster in these games. But I think there would be something unifying around like NBA fans uh, if all 30 teams are there. I agree with you. There's kind of this galvanizing sort of unifying thing about it. And, and also, more importantly, too, I mean, if you want to have a good playoff product, 
you can't just go from three weeks of training camp into the playoffs. You have to have some type of tune-up. And so I've always been kind of of the belief that even if we were going to go right into traditional one versus eight, two versus seven playoffs, there would have to be some type of exhibition season. I don't know if you would just scrimmage against a team from the other conference, like that you Mm -hmm. wouldn't play until the finals. So maybe like the Mavs and the Sixers play five games or something. But you have to have some type of tune-up, not only for like, you know, endurance and building your lungs back up and, you know, rhythm and everything, but also like safety and just like general watchability of the, yeah, I mean, it's, it's unsafe to go from just preseason to playoff intensity. Like it, you have to have some type of in between, but also like we want this basketball to be high quality. And so you, you know, you can't just go from, you know, hanging around for three months where like guys are admitting, I haven't touched a basketball in two months you don't want to just drop them into a playoff series. I mean, that would be that would be really really bad. So, uh, yeah, and then also too, I mean, this is another potential uh, huge means of profit for the Mavs. If every team does play five games right now, Dallas is a game and a half out of fifth and two and a half games out of fourth. And um, in the East, two other teams. So if if we go to that one through sixteen idea, Dallas right now is the number thirteen seed. Well, they're already within striking distance of three teams in the West. And they're also tied technically with Indy and Philly. Dallas is 40 and 27. Indy and Philly is 39 and 26. Both of them are 39 and 26. So technically they have the same record, but they're ahead of Dallas by 0.003 percentage points. And so if you play five games, the Mavs could potentially, I mean, very, very realistically move past five teams simply yeah. by like going 4 and 1 or something. I mean they could catch even 5 and 0 oh, they could catch a lot of teams. Even going 3 and 2 they could move up two or three spots. And so that would be a huge uh a, a huge chance for them. And even Miami is 41 and 24 and so Dallas is what two and a half games behind the Heat. I mean so they they could potentially move up a ton of spots. Uh so they, it does make sense that that Cuban would want a regular season for that reason too. If they played a question for you here <laughs> Um, because you should have all the answers, Bobby. If they did play regular season games, do they just scratch the re- like the regular season that we had before as far as the schedule? And does somebody in the league office piece together and make create a whole brand new five game regular season for the whole league? Man, I don't know. I mean, it would. I don't know anything about anything, just, yeah. <laughs> but it feels like it would make sense if everybody is just going to play, if we just say five games, every team in the league just plays their next five games the that are on the schedule. Opponents. I don't know who that would be for the Mavs. It's been a very long time since I've looked at their <laughs> schedule, but yeah. that is like a, that's a reasonable thing. Or maybe like the last five games of the regular season. Like, so that, like it would, that would be really easy too. either you pick up where you left off or you just count backward from game 82 and just yeah. say, all right, everyone's playing game 78 through 82. Um, but I think it's also important. And this is where it could get really weird. I think it's important that every team play the same number of games. Like, right now, the Mavs have played 67 games. The Clippers have played 64. The Lakers have only played 63. I mean, the fact that the Mavs had to play that many games earlier in the season was actually, I mean, like, this is real homer stuff, but, like, that was kind of a disadvantage for them because they were dealing with a lot of injuries and having to play a lot of back-to-back. So, like, they played uh, – Luca was only out for that one stretch. He was only out for, like, 10 days, but he missed, like, seven games or something just, like, insane, you know? 
So I, I feel like every team should have to play the same number of games because not only is it fair just for seeding wise, but also like it makes up for the all the crap the Mavs had to go through whenever they were banged up earlier in the season. You know, and again, that's like ultimate homer take, but it's very. I mean, Dallas went from. I believe in at the beginning of December before Mexico City, I th- I want to say they'd played the fewest games in the league to the most games played in the league in like a two and a half month stretch, three month stretch. I mean that's a lot of basketball, so I feel like they should, you know, other teams should have to play the same amount. Yeah, because you can honestly take that um, a couple two different ways really. To where if a team plays more games than another team. You can look at it one way and be like, all right, well, they have more practice games. Like they, they have more games to ramp up to being back to in shape, basketball shape, whatever. But then you could also take it from a different angle and be like, all right, well, that's more games. If you're that team that's playing more games than another team, like, well, that's more chance of an injury or that's more wear and tear now. Like that's more games we have to play. The Mavs were exposed to that. They yeah, definitely so, had more chances for injuries, you know. <laughs> so so that's the you know, if they go back and it's just getting teams to seventy and the Mavericks play three games, so let's say the Lakers have to play seven, would we look at that and be like, is that advantage for the Lakers or advantage for the Mavericks with only playing three compared to seven? Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I guess it depends on like are they have are they having to play back to backs and stuff? Yeah, I mean that exactly. would theoretically be more manageable because there's no travel or anything, but I think you'd want to stray away from that. So I mean the whole thing is very complicated, but Un, and une, teams playing an uneven amount of games makes ties like what's happening between Dallas, Indiana, and Philadelphia possible, where they have the same they're the same number of games back from the number one seed, but because the Mavs just played two more games and went one and one, they have a worse record than both of them, despite having the tiebreaker over Philly, two uh, zero, and tying Indiana one one head to head. So I mean, technically the Mavs have the best head to head record of any of those three teams, but they'd be behind both of them. Which, whatever. I mean, maybe Indy plays two games and wins them both, and it doesn't matter anyway. But, like, you don't know until you do it. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, again, ultimate homer. I'm not even trying to, to <laughs> you know, avoid, to side, sidestep that. Um, okay, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, this was, I don't even know who had it first. Kevin O'Connor wrote about it for The Ringer. Zach Lowe and Woj talked about it for uh, ESPN. I think Mark Stein wrote about it in New York Times the World Cup thing, where it's kind of similar to what Cuban wants, but there's there's no, like, tune-up. Like, the, the tournament itself is the tune-up, where you take uh, the current records. There's no, like, there's no further games. So you just seed 1 through 30, and you take the top 20 teams. In this case, it would be 12 teams from the West and 8 from the East, which – Pretty fair to me. I mean, that, I feel like that's a pretty yeah. good representation of of uh, of your teams. Now, what would be really interesting is if it was like the top twelve in the league, then there would be a lot of West and not a lot of East. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, anyway, so there'd be twelve West teams and eight Eastern Conference teams, and uh, you would put them in groups of five, right? Groups of five. Yes. Four groups yeah, of five. Four groups of five. Um, uh, and so there would be like tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four, and tier five. And each, it would be like, you know, the teams with the four, the four teams with the best records would be tier one, you know, five through eight would be tier two and so on. And, uh, you would have one team from each pot essentially be placed into a pool. It's like the world cup or the Olympics. I mean, in, anything where you've ever watched where they draw 
Uh, like in the Champions League, they draw little soccer balls out of a hat. This is how they decide the Champions League, too. Depending on the league you're in, depending on like whether you won the league or whatever, um, you're given like a and, – and past history of success in these tournaments, you're given a tier – and, you know, to balance the groups out so that you don't have, like, Lakers, Clippers, and Nuggets in one group, you assign each of them kind of a value and go from there. So the Mavs, in this case, again, would kind of be screwed uh, yeah. because they would be the worst – They'd be or, sorry, they'd be the best tier four team. Uh, yeah. So that means that they would be – you know, they'd have to play three teams that have better records than them uh, despite having essentially the same record as – four of the teams that are ahead of them in the standings. I mean, like the same number of wins, I mean. And uh, so that that's something. But um, anyway, that's like way off the wall, way out of the out of the norm. Um, very different than what the NBA is accustomed to. So I guess I'm just curious to hear your take on whether or not you like that, what you think about it, and, and all that stuff. Listen, I, th- I think it's fun. I thoroughly enjoy that uh, with the World Cup and stuff. I One of my biggest question marks, if they adopted that for the NBA, would, who, who would be deciding the tiers, you know? If you're just deciding, um, like, for instance, so, okay, so the ringer, we have some, some of our uh, friends of ours and Gallagher and Charks and uh, guys over at the ringer, they put out, a, like, a, um, a mock um, group stage of what the NBA teams would be. And like you said, they have, you know, tier one down to tier five and they have the Mavericks in this tier four group. And it's basically the seventh and eighth seeds of both conferences of Grizzlies, Magic, Mavericks, Nets as this tier four teams. So in this mock one, this would be this would be the Mavericks group in this mock one. Raptors, Celtics, Thunder, Mavericks, Spurs. And basically in the stage, you know, everybody would play each other a couple of times. Now, I think one of the the arguments of that is the East would be kind of screwed in this, right? I mean, the the Bucks Absolutely. are looking – yeah, so I feel like the East teams would be a little bit more uh, hesitant about this stage. And and honestly, I well, – Did you, re- did you read me, that little caveat? That what? first off, East teams don't like this proposal at all. And second, they would try and – it's like a handicap. They would try and make it to where there can't be more than three Western Conference teams in the same group. <laughs> They're literally like they don't want one group to be too powerful, so they're like, "All right, at least two East teams in each group. We got to make it fair." That'd be hilarious. Because, like, honestly, you'd almost take for a lot of people. I mean, I would. I think I would take the Pelicans over the Magic and the Nets, dude. Absolutely, and, and, absolutely. In the East, so and the Spurs, so, yeah. and, and frankly, even the Suns. I mean, the Suns are the odd man out in this one. They have the twenty-first best record, I believe. I, they they would absolutely make the playoffs in the East. I mean, am I am I crazy for saying that? The Suns right now they're twenty six and thirty nine. Orlando is thirty and thirty five. The Suns are three and a half games behind Orlando, and they've played a Western Conference schedule. See that? See, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's the that's the part a lot of people forget about with the the one through sixteen thing. I like the one through sixteen seeding, but based off records and stuff. And I get this year is like an anomaly. But if like moving forward, if they ever decided to do that and say, hey, we'll just screw it with the travel, we'll make it work they would have to change the, the regular season scheduling too because it, nothing gets Indiana, but when Indiana's playing Chicago and you know three other teams in their division four times a year, and it's like, all right, well, there's 12, 12 wins right there against some very bad teams in the league when you have the Mavericks playing you know, guys like the Rockets and Spurs and these people. So you if they ever went to a 1-16 through 16 seeding, they would have to switch up the schedule to where some of these East teams are not playing – 
four bad East teams four times a year so to help their record get up there. So I know that, whatever, there are a lot of cynical Mavs fans that will say, well, we've lost to a lot of those teams this year, and it's true. The Mavs have lost to the Wizards. They've lost to the Hornets. They lost to the Knicks twice. They lost to the Bulls. Did you? I didn't know the if Hawks. you – they lost to the Knicks. I didn't know. Yeah, if you knew they that. lost both times actually. So they both played them okay. twice. Yeah, they lost both those games. Um, but uh, all seven of the Eastern Conference teams that are not in the top eight in the East, so seeds nine through fifteen, all have worse records than Phoenix, who's thirteenth place in the West. Oh, that's seven teams that have twenty-four wins or fewer. That teams like Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Miami, Indy, Philly get to play four times each. I mean, wow. that's that's like, you know, meanwhile, the yeah. Mavs the Mavs have to play the Spurs four times, the Pelicans four times, the Thunder four times, Lakers, Clippers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Rockets, four times yeah. each. Yeah, so, okay, going back to your original question, yes, if the Suns had an Eastern Conference schedule, yes, they would be the seventh seed in the East, I think. Yeah, if, I mean, heck, maybe even higher. I mean, what would the Mavs <laughs> be if they were in the East? I don't know. I mean, it's, true, but, yeah. you know, this is all just... This is stupid elitist talk, but okay. Uh, but any, anyway, back to the back to the point. The the group stage thing. Group stage, yeah. So in in that example, the Mavs would be what with the Raptors, the Celtics, the Thunder, and the Spurs. Uh, you play each of those teams twice, so that's a total of eight games, and then the top two teams, by, uh, based on record, after those eight games advance, regardless of seed. So if the Spurs, for example, run the table, they would advance to the next round, despite being that tier five team. That's a tough group, too. That's a really <laughs> tough group, but that's the thing. So, like you said, the Mavs are bunched in with the 7th and 8th seeds, so it's Dallas, uh, Brooklyn, Orlando, and Memphis. Those are your Tier 4 teams. Orlando and Brooklyn both have won 30 games. The Mavs have won 40. And so not only – I mean, again, Homer guy coming out here, but not only is it like pretty unfair for the Mavs to have to be a Tier 4 team, um, but it's also unfair to the teams that they get matched up with. Like, imagine yeah. being Toronto and Boston – and you have to deal with OKC and Dallas. Both of those teams have a better record than the fifth seed in your own conference. You know, mm. so that's just kind of unfair. To it's unfair to everybody. So I can see why the East would be unhappy, especially For like sure. you said with Milwaukee, dude. You got to play a bunch of teams that are better than the eighth seed in the East. Like that's not fair. Yes, yes, I would be. Yes, I would be highly upset if I was Milwaukee. Whether I'm a fan of the group stage format right now, here, here's my thing, and. I could, you could call me like, Hey, old man, get off my lawn here. Um, take on this. The further we get away from the traditional format of the playoffs, I do become more skeptical about just how it's going to view. And I lean towards this integrity of the game type thing of if this is a group stage type of thing, I, I don't, I'm going to be this guy now. Okay. There, this would like, there would be something about this title. This, it, I would view this one differently more than anything else. And I, 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 I get it. Everybody's going to view this title differently and everything else, no matter what, because it's the coronavirus title, basically, no matter how it's played out. But for me, that's just where I stand on to like the group stage is fun. And even I take it a step further and say playoff plus and all that stuff is fun. But yeah, group stage is a whole different level than that. And that's just changing up everything about it. And to call that winner an NBA champion, like we have the past, however, you know, just to say two decades, that would be very hard for me, but I'm obviously a nobody in the NBA world. I'm with you, man. I feel the same way as you do. And now look, I, I will be the first person to concede that there are a lot of championships that have asterisks. For example, 
all of the championships before African American players were allowed in the NBA. Basically, yeah, I mean that those are all asterisks. The championships, whenever Dr. J was in the uh, ABA, that's another sure. asterisk. The championships immediately post merger, that's another asterisk. Any championship in the expansion era, and even last season, Toronto winning the championship when KD and Clay Thompson both suffered season-ending injuries in the finals. I mean. There's been two lockouts in the last 20 years, and those are weird champions. So, like, every single season throughout the history of every sports league, there's always something where it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, if that one guy didn't get hurt, it would be different. But with Except 2011, like, of course. Just, yeah, that's the only pure championship ever. I'm exactly. glad we can agree on that. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's already people that are skeptical, like you said. I mean, if you go around and ask whatever, 100 random people on the street, 30 of them are probably going to be like, yeah, I don't care about the NBA. But the 70 that do love the league are going to have really hot takes about it. They're going to say, no, it's not an 82-game season, or no, there was such a long layoff. Uh, there might be some people, like, I I'm kind of in the camp of, look, everybody's playing by the same rules, so whoever wins, wins. I mean, that's that's kind of the way I view it. Um but what you said about straying too far away, if this is something that's like such a novelty, that's such an obvious experiment, that's such a, a unique thing that's never been done before and is probably unlikely to be repeated, then it really just kind of compromises the integrity of the whole yeah. thing. Now, if they do it, then that means that the players and the league and the owners and the coaches, that everybody agrees that that's the best thing to do. And so that's where, like, our opinion, frankly, does not matter. Because if that's the system that we get, it means that everybody universally, this is something that has to be voted on and approved, everybody agrees that, that's, that this is the best format. And so I'll be behind it, for sure. I mean, if that's what they think is best. But I think it's very unlikely that something like that is actually going to happen because... I think everyone is kind of aware that the public might just view it as a gimmick and yeah. just like a, I don't know. I feel like if you're going to experiment with something like that, a mid-season tournament would be the best time to do it. But everyone even thought that was absurd. And that's like, that's nothing compared to something like this. Yeah. And this is, yeah, we're already 30 minutes in here, so I don't want to uh, spend another however long in this, but this is, this leads into another kind of thing that I've been thinking about of, well, will the, will the players and would the fans, if this is about money and playing the games, if a lot of this is about money, Hey, let's play the games. We got to get the playoff TV revenue, all this different stuff for the league moving forward. Could you come back and play something but it not be for an NBA title. Could you come back and do a group stage type of thing and it be called the Stern Cup and whatever it is and you you play this thing out, you play the it's on national television, it's it's awesome, players get their money, teams get their money, but it's not a NBA playoffs postseason thing that we're all accustomed to because they realize, hey, we just don't, we can't hit that mark of what we expect the playoffs could be, but we're still going to come back and play the game. Would fans tune in for it? Would the players and organizations view it as serious? That's the, um, there's so many questions behind that, but you mentioned in that play, that midseason thing and just like that group stage thing just gets my mind thinking that direction. I think there's going to be an element of kind of anti climaticism whatever whatever yeah. the word is no matter no matter what happens i mean if if you call it something else than the nba finals and the trophy is something different than the larry o'brien it's not going to feel normal yeah. 
But at the same time, if LeBron is, you know, hoisting another finals MVP trophy or something, it's not going to feel, it's not going to feel normal either. You know, yeah. it's going to, it's going to be weird no matter what, not only is it going to be in an empty gym, but it's going to be in like August or September. And it's going to be, I don't know. It's going to be after three months of no basketball, four months of no basketball. It's just a really, I don't know. It's going to be very a silent, strange. A silent gym. And, and you know, even Woj and, and Zach Loeb alluded to it on their podcast today of, Hey, you know, the, the league is, uh, I forgot how Woj uh, worded it in a way of like, if we all know that if one of the LA teams or the bucks win the title, that would be the easiest route for the NBA to claim, Hey, the best team won. This was probably what would, ex- what would have happened anyway and all of this stuff. But we can all be honest. If the Mavericks rolled out and won this title, there would be so many people on national media and everybody. It's like, well, this sucks. Like, is this, you know, this isn't, you know. So, like, that's the that's the type of thing. If it's an expected team, then people will roll with it and be like, this would have happened anyway. But if it's not, then everybody's going to be throwing a fit. So, you know, well, yeah, anyway. Well, how would, uh, man, I would obviously be very thrilled if Luca and KP got it done, you know, I think it would be awesome. But it wouldn't feel the same as it did in 2011, no. you know. And, and would it feel the same to them? I, I'd, I don't know. Really, I mean, I they really would have nothing compared to. But like, yeah, it would be an interesting question for JJ. I mean, would it? Would it? Would this feel the same for LeBron? I mean, that's some, sure. and that's something that I'm sure he would talk about freely on Instagram. You know, we, he would yeah. he would tell us all about it. But. I don't. I mean, Kawhi has won a championship with the Spurs. He's won a championship in Toronto. He's not telling us anything. And well, but I mean, as unusual as last season was, you know, being kind of like a one-year player with that team and winning a, a, a championship against a team that was really kind of overwhelmed by injury, that must have felt much more authentic or whatever than than this one would. Um, yeah. Some for somebody like Giannis in Milwaukee. I mean, that that team hasn't won a Finals in forty years. This would end the drought, but it would kind of be like, I mean, I, uh, but then again, I mean, the, the, we return back to lockout history in 1999. The Knicks were an eight seed when they went to the finals, weren't they against the Spurs? I mean, wacky things happen whenever you open it up to kind of weird elements of chance. Like that season, they only played 50 games, 50 games. The season started in February. They played 50 games in three months before going to the playoffs. I mean, that was almost just as absurd as this one is, you know, because that was 10 months off between last season's finals, between Jordan shot in Utah and the, even the resumption, the beginning of Dirk's rookie season, 10 months had passed. I mean, that's a long time. So there's always weird things about it, but I don't know. I mean, I, I can't help but wonder if it'll feel as climactic, but I still think it's something that needs to be done. Um, simply for the historical aspect of it and all. I mean, assuming this is obviously assuming that it's safe for everybody that, you know, they have a plan in place that's going to be responsible and and all of that. I mean, that I I don't feel like any of that even needs to be said, but I want to say it anyway. Um, But I I don't know. I mean, I think it's important that they play, but I think it's going to be kind of weird. I I think it's going to be weird. It will for sure. And like you said earlier, talking about just the play on the court now more than ever, the play on the court and the, the, the level of basketball on the basketball court, it's going to have to carry this because it's not going to be 
in arena stuff. It's not going to be the crowds. It's not going to be home court advantage. It's not going to be any of that stuff. Like what's going to carry these playoffs in Disney is the level of basketball playing on the basketball court because it's going to be quiet. It's going to be weird. We're still hearing all these different debates going on about in arena music or crowd noise being pumped in or who's going to actually is, will anybody be in the crowd? Will other players, all this different. So it's like all I do think some of us are underestimating how weird it's going to be as far as just seeing basketball being played without a roaring crowd in, in the playoffs. It kind of hurts the the home court teams or the the top four seeds and you know like the let's say the Bucks. You know I was going to say the Clippers, but I don't really have fans. But the Bucks <laughs> pew 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 shots uh, fired. But like the the Bucks, you know they fought for so long to have home court advantage, and now who who gives a crap if they're in a game seven? And now they don't have their home court. Like they don't have yeah. that for anything for we're talking the finals against the Lakers. They have the better record. Now that game seven won't matter because you're on a neutral court. So in a way it kind of screws them a little bit. It's something they fought for. Yeah. I mean, they, they lose out and for teams, I mean, teams like Denver, who's invincible at home, you know, they're every game is going to be more too. like a road game. Well, yeah, it's the opposite. You know, the Mavs this season, what was their road record? They were twenty-one and twelve on the road. They had the second-best road record in uh, in the entire Western Conference. They're not going to play. I mean, I guess they'll play every game on the road. So I guess you're on the road for every game. They this will win right the here. championship. Yeah, <laughs> but like the Bucks, twenty-eight and three at home. The uh, Miami Heat, twenty-seven and five at home. Fourteen and nineteen on the road. Uh, Philly, twenty-nine and two at home. Ten and twenty-four on the road. I mean, there are some extreme home road splits. Uh, conversely, Washington, sixteen and sixteen at home, eight and twenty-four on the road. So there's there are some teams like that are on the outside looking in that could really use those extra home games that won't get them. There are some teams that are going to be in the playoffs that could really use those home games, like Philly won't get them. There are teams like Dallas that could really use the road games. They're going to get plenty of them. They're going to get plenty of road games. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. And and so the at the conclusion of this Cuban article. Or maybe it was other places. I don't know. I read a lot of NBA articles today. There's kind of like this consensus that um, there's obviously more decisions to be made, like settling on a format, uh, settling on dates when teams can start having official training camps, where that will be. Will it be in their market or will it be at the bubble? Um, Most, if not all, of those decisions will be made in the next week or two. Uh, Right now, Isaac, I'm putting you on the spot. If you Uh had to... um, if you had to bet my life on oh. the format that they settle on, assuming that we're friends, we're, we're friends, right? We're, right? We are friends, Bobby. Okay, all right. Whew. If you had to bet my life on a format, what do you think the league settles on and why? I think they uh, land on some form of thing. Uh, I don't think they bring all 30 teams there. I just don't think from a risk factor, health factor, uh, logistics, schedule, and everything. I just, I don't think they do. I think they bring bring back some type of twenty teams, twenty four teams, somewhere around there, and they do some type of uh, play in tournament type of thing to help uh, teams like the Pelicans, whatever, have a shot at it. Something what Cuban says or said on that, and then I think they hold true to the traditional um, view of the playoffs. So um, that's just my my take on it. That's exactly what Becca and I said yesterday too that you bring hmm. back most, if not all, teams. I mean, the, the teams that have a chance. You play five or six games, whatever it is, and uh, then you go one through eight, one through eight, and you play it out. I, I think that you need 
the traditional thing. I know the NBA is very innovative. I know they love to experiment and all that stuff, and that's great. But I'm not sure that right now is the time for it. I think we should just go with what works, go with what the fans know, with what they're familiar with, with what they look forward to, and let it happen. We can – Becca raised this point, actually. This is a really good point. If you do ever do the the interleague thing, right, where it's west versus east – the fans should be able to experience that. Like that's yes. that's part of what would make it cool. Like it would be cool to watch Porzingis versus Embiid in the playoffs, like in the first round or something. But like the fans should get to see it. So if you are gonna innovate and and be you know a little experimental, do it next season or you know like yeah. do it whenever things are normal again. But we'll see. I mean, I think there I think there could be too much change. I'm I'm not in the camp of, well, this is already not normal, so let's just throw everything on the table and let's just change it all up. I'm in the camp of, hey, we're it's already so different. It, we're already not going to have fans and home court and all this stuff. If we can hold true to something that is tradition, something that has been happening like a playoff format, let's at least try to hold on to that instead of just changing everything and then saying, all right, the result is this is the same as the past 20 years i agree i'm with you man look you and i just solved along with uh becca yesterday the three of us have solved all negotiations in a matter of like an hour and a half so well done to you uh retroactive high five for becca as well uh is there anything else you want to hit on before we get out of here no, I'm, I'm just uh, like a lot of you guys. I'm checking my phone each day, and uh, hopefully over the next week or two, we get some solution to this, and uh, we can look forward to basketball again, whether it's uh, this season or um, whether we look forward to next season whatever. But uh, it's weird, but we all love basketball, and that's kind of what brings us together. Absolutely, man. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, thank you, Isaac, for being on the uh, show with me today, and thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please subscribe to Mavsplained wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review. That would be great. Five stars, four stars is also pretty good. Three or below, uh, nah, I would rather just skip. Yeah, don't, don't leave a review. Uh, but if it's four, that's fine. Five, definitely leave a review. Um, but, yeah, thank you for listening. Like I said, new episode every single day. So we'll be back with you tomorrow. In the meantime, stay safe. Stay smart. Please just wear a freaking mask. Just think about Luca. If you wear a mask, we'll be able to play basketball again. Just think think about it that way. If, that'll get, if, that, if that will make you do it, then just think about Luca. Put on your freaking mask, and let's do some basketball here pretty soon, Isaac. Thank you again. This was Mavs Plane. I'm Bobby, and we will see you tomorrow.